Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Tonight on Springboard, your invest, virtual investing brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and Joy 99.7 FM. We explore the World Economic Forum report that listed 10 skills or attributes that everyone will need to find a job or to further their careers from 2020 and beyond. In their estimation, without them, there is no future for you. This is a big issue. So where, what are these 10 skills? How are they measured? Are they already in vogue or already being measured in corporate organizations? Or is it some futuristic something that we should be thinking about in the near or distant future? My guests for tonight are HR bosses. They make those decisions. They understand the terrain. And they will help us to know whether we are safe or we are not safe. As simple as that. I almost said to my right, we are, we are, we are, we are, we are on radio. But for those watching... On Facebook, to my right, Dr. Hazel Berat Amwa. She's the head of HR at Old Mutual Life Insurance. Hazel, welcome to Springboard. Thank you, Reverend Albert. Right. And my good old friend, Sam Boafu, the head of HR at Carl Bank. Sam owes me so today. I've gotten him in the studio. He will, <laughs> he will redeem himself. Sam, good to see you. Thanks. I know it. Right. So this this report that is, is making <coughs> waves across the world, should we, be, should we take it seriously or not, Sam? I think we should. Um, if the literature that I read is anything to go by, this is something that born out of research. And from the, the respondent looking at the background of the people that they spoke with, these are people who know their craft, various backgrounds. And so for them to come up with these 10 definitive skills is an indication of how seriously skills management and work diversity issues have been looked at. So they are very critical. Hazel, you, the, the, let, me, let, me, let me list the 10 skills and ask you whether you are surprised by any of them. So just for the benefit of our listeners, the 10 skills are cognitive flexibility, negotiation skills, service orientation, Number four, judgment and decision-making. Number five, emotional intelligence. As a subject I know you know very well. <laughs> and then those were the first five that we discussed in our first session. And so today we'll be focusing a bit more on the second set of um, five, and that is coordinating with others. Um, number seven, people management. Number eight, creativity. Number nine, critical thinking. And then number 10, complex problem solving. Are you surprised at any of these items on the list? Not at all. To be honest, these are the fundamental skills that everybody working with people should have. Essentially, the most important one is the emotional intelligence bit or emotional quotient, as it's properly called as well. Because without emotional intelligence, you can't work with people in the 21st century. Life has evolved so much. There's been so much change with diversity, with culture, with different types of products and services on the market. Without emotional intelligence, it is so difficult for you to coordinate and work with people, for you to trigger a sense of critical thinking amongst them, as well as enable people to be able to negotiate effectively on any platform. So these are not a surprise for me at all. Am I getting the sense that you are combining three of them as you speak in one sentence? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> would, you, would you call emotional intelligence your favorite of the ten? It's the most important, I believe. Sam, do you share that notion? I do, but um, 
from from my own background, I, I think that I will please people management as as my topmost priority. I mean, <laughs> not to say none of them is important, but for from my own experience, my own research, particularly within the Ghanaian um, working environment, I, I will place people yeah. management as a well, critical factor. You, let me set up a debate. Yes. Let me set up a debate. People, <laughs> <laughs> for the motion, people yes. management against the motion, emotional intelligence. Yeah. Defend, defend some. <laughs> from your knowledge of the... And, and please, this is a platform for us to learn. Sure. For some people, even listening to these attributes, they're asking themselves, listen, I just need to get my salary and I need to move my career forward. Don't confuse me. Yeah. You are saying that from your understanding of the Ghanaian work terrain, yeah. these are... People management. The skills are all important. Yes. But you think people management is critical. Yes. Hazel is saying that even to manage a pool, you need emotional intelligence. Let Absolutely. Me, let, me, let me align this with our listeners. If you want to watch us in real time on, 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 on Facebook, just go to my Facebook page, Albert N.E. Okran, and you would watch live pictures of this interview right here on Joy 99.7 FM. So Albert N.E. Okran is the page, or Comfort Okran A. You will find this discussion live on Facebook. But some yes. why people management? Well, um... I think that the way leaders are picked, the way people are placed in leadership positions, and the way businesses are run, I think essentially efforts and attention has been onto the bottom line. And so you'll find most managers paying more attention to the core targets of, I mean, I, I, I'm in the financial services industry, so I understand target setting pretty well. And you find a lot of people paying attention to my deposit target, my advances target, so finding very little, if any, time to devote as to how to plan with the team and get the best out of the team in getting the results in. It's all about I'm going for the next meeting, I'm going to report on the figures. If you have an issue, kindly wait. After the figures issue, we'll talk about it. Now, the other side of it is also that I think we've relegated people management into only one aspect which is performance appraisal. So for people, the idea of managing the team that they work with is all about waiting till this tested time period to discuss how you have performed. And for most of these people, by which time that it's too late to even make any effort to address people uh, performance challenges <clears throat> as a result of you know the, the 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 increasing demands that come on them, which is why I say people management has become very, very critical. Um, I read an article the other day about Google's people management philosophy, for example, where they require, as of necessity, the various uh, team leaders or man line managers to have team meetings, you know, as 80% of the time with their, with their members, which is a, a fundamental statement to make that, yes, you have your deliverables, but I expect that the people that you work with you know, if they if they have that kind of encounter, that kind of coaching, that kind of evaluation, that kind of feedback on how they are performing relative to the, the, the tasks that are required a day, you will intend to get better from them than when you neglect them to the background. That is why I make that statement that I think people management for me is the, the most critical need now and also five years to come. Would you say that in your opinion, in the Ghanaian system, summarizing your thoughts, we tend to have a regulatory approach towards people management rather than a developmental approach. I think I would even put it as a regimental approach, mm -hmm. you know. So it is more of um, 
every year we'll do performance appraisal. So at the beginning of the year, this is your target. That is even if you're lucky to have targets. You know, I, I, I make the statement that sometimes even among us professionals, we get confused as to what we are evaluating. Are we observing behaviors? Are we observing targets or agreed targets? So we may set targets and then we end up evaluating behaviors or qualitative descriptions. I, I, I get to my point. Absolutely. So that is why I, 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 I pushed up the issue. I think that we have become too regimented in the way that we view people that we work with and, and, and that is why I say it's a fundamental issue. When I come back, I'll be asking, I'll be asking in the context of all this, what should the person looking at their careers do? But Hazel, you, you believe that it should be emotional intelligence by far one of the skills that you think would make somebody adaptable, relevant, beyond where they are today? Why, why, why would that be the case? So if you look at emotional intelligence as a subject on its own, it talks about how a person responds to other people, how a person communicates with others, how a person shows empathy, shows patience and tolerance for other people. Performance management indeed is not only about appraisal management, it's about how you cascade the objectives of an organization from the very top to the very last individual in the organization. It's about logical thought, it's about emotional language and actually constructing thoughts for people to engage and understand all these things. It's about organization and structure in a company. Now, if you're not able to emotionally connect with somebody by being empathetic, by being tolerant, by being patient, by being fair, by really understanding how to connect with them emotionally, how do you get performance management to really work? Typically, you have an employee who comes to work late one morning or over a period, and you want to explore that. You're actually quite upset about it. And this could be a gentleman or a lady. No gender bias at this point. How do you emotionally balance yourself to trigger a discussion to find out what is really causing that lateness to work and what that impact is on performance? So for you to have a holistic conversation around performance management, you require emotional intelligence. So my argument is that Emotional intelligence is a fundamental skill every manager should have as a prior skill ahead of all the other ones about motivation, critical thinking, coordinating, all that. You need emotional intelligence. Otherwise, you have temperaments flying in the office. You can't manage conflicts. You can't manage conversations, bold conversations, courage, you know, in the face of difficult uh, moments in the office. So I think that fundamentally, you need first emotional intelligence before you talk about performance management. Performance management, yes, is about goal settings, about optimal productivity, about unleashing potential. It's about getting people to really work towards the goals of the company. How do you emotionally connect with people? Emotional intelligence. So that for me is fundamental. Just to contextualize, Sam's point was about people management and not performance management. But beyond that, let me ask, let me even ask the broader question that I've been yearning to ask. So let's, let's assume that I am convinced that people management is critical and then also emotional intelligence is critical. Mm -hmm. To the person listening out there, what the World um, Economic Forum is actually saying is that these 10 skills... If you don't have them, mm-hmm. your relevance in the job market in the in the next three years will be very very low. And if you haven't as yet entered, um, you may not have what the, what is required to even enter or find a job. And for somebody listening out there, the, the, the argument is that, or the point is that, it's even as it were very difficult now to get a job. So mm-hmm. if you are saying that in three years' time, um, the the stakes will be higher, what does that mean for the person? listening out there. When they list these things and they see if you don't have them, your chances are low. What does it really mean? You are the one who recruits people. What does it mean? Essentially, the point is really true. You have to have these skills succeed in today's market. Whatever job market it may be, service, product, whatever it may be, you need these skills to succeed in there. What it means is that 
most of the time, people who apply for jobs are straight from school, first degree holders, diploma holders from school looking for jobs. These skills could be nurtured throughout their university education, depending on the school they attend or depending on their upbringing at home or depending on their other societal um, interactions or other people they connect with, their mentors, their coaches across the globe and the books they read. Because this is a study that has come out and is very relevant, I would encourage that young people applying for jobs should begin to develop these skills themselves, practice first, with their team. I, I suppose first be even aware of this, these yeah. requirements. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. sure. I, sure. Tell, I tell the story, and, I, and, and I know I've said it a couple of times, yes. but the first time I heard this list, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a year ago, I mean, a year and a week ago, I was speaking at the graduation at Legon. And in the Great Hall, and just before the, I was introduced, the Vice Chancellor had said this report had just come out and he was listing the top 10 attributes. Mm -hmm. And I was guest speaker speaking next after him and I was writing down the top 10 attributes. And when he sat down, I took my phone out and requested for his speech and took a (laughs) a picture of him. Because I I was very interested Mm -hmm. as a person with Mm -hmm. an interest in human capital Mm -hmm. development. Mm -hmm. But at the point when he was reading, I took a casual glance around the hall and I saw a few students taking selfies and I felt broken that this is your future being discussed and Mm -hmm. your picture in that capi is more important to you than the 10 attributes that you will need to survive in the job market. Mm -hmm. Is that a picture of of some, is that a picture of sometimes how people feel that the things that matter the most don't matter to them and other peripheral things seem to take center stage in their lives? I think that that's really what got me into engaging with young people and, and you know, talking to them about career development even at the university before they get to the world market. Because you, you understand that when people get to that stage, mm. they, they are only looking for a job. They haven't even really asked themselves what it takes to get onto the job market and develop themselves whilst on campus to to get onto the market. It's more of it is who you know. So I will spend more time getting to know somebody rather than preparing myself adequately for the job market. And I've cited several examples of people that I know who who literally guarantee themselves a job whilst on campus Mm -hmm. because they adequately utilize their time on campus to develop specific skills that make them very, very marketable. Help me me by breaking this particular point down because I'm assuming that among our listeners are a plethora, a number of, of university students. Yes who are saying, listen, we need help, we need direction. And these are not just people who are flippant, serious people who want Mm -hmm. actual solutions. So for somebody listening, maybe at a tertiary level, getting ready to enter the job market, or has finished and is struggling to find a job, you say there are people who put themselves in an advantageous position even ahead of time by some choices they make. Can you break down those choices? Okay, let me cite one example. I know of a lady at the University of Ghana who, even though was offered a course in human resource management had decided that she really wanted to do core banking you know so whilst on campus she started the chartered institute of bankers course all right by the time she finished university she had finished the intermediate course in banking all right let me say this you and i are going into the job market you are looking for a job in a bank she has a human resource degree and has a professional qualification in banking clearly she sets herself miles ahead of you I mean, even if it takes just that qualification to enter the market. But in between then, she was asking for internship and attachment opportunities. So by the time she finished, she had had two or three attachments at various banks. Now, on the job, definitely, she's going to develop skills on how to at least get certain things done beyond the theory that she's learned 
you know, from the, the school and also from the professional qualification. That's one side. There are also people who take up positions with various students groups on campus. I'm the coordinating secretary of this. I'm the organizing secretary of this. By the time such people finish their course, they develop enormous skills in organizing and event management such that if they ever find themselves having to make a decision, a career decision as to setting up either a business or even joining a company that is into events management, they may be first degree holders, but they are coming with an experience that your his or her colleague who ordinarily just went through school and then I didn't take advantage of the opportunities that are on campus to develop their skills are lacking. You know, so that that is a, I've had people who from first year up to even the uh, second degree level have spent almost every semester or vacation looking for attachment and employment. I know people are going to say it's not easy, but guess what? People plan these and know the times that companies are available for internship. So don't wait till you finish the semester and then go with the letter asking for attachment to start next week. Somebody sent, submitted their application three weeks, four weeks earlier or even months earlier. So it, it, it requires, I say that and, and in the, the Ghana... Pa- the packaging of the application, exactly. how to prepare it, what exactly. to see, what not to see. Exactly. Right. And looking for a job in Ghana is a job on its own. Mm-hmm. And if you really don't develop the skills on how to get that job, chances are that when you have that job, you may not even succeed because you've taken things for granted. It is 27 minutes past the hour of seven. And one thing I don't want to take for granted is the fact that you have noted down the 10 things that I have noted down from my two guests for tonight. Dr. Hazel, Berat Amwa, and then Sam Buafu. These are two HR experts. And they are telling you that, listen, (laughs) for two people who are holding the same degree from the same university, 10 things can separate them very, very easily. And I was just writing down quietly and just watching them. But it's very interesting for us to know, and just if you, in case you just joined us, the 10 skills that the World Economic Forum um, identified as mission critical, if I may use those words, for anyone seeking to advance your career in the year 2020 and beyond, cognitive flexibility, negotiation skills, service orientation, four, judgment and decision making, number five, emotional intelligence, which is Hazel's favorite, number six, coordinating with others, number seven, people management, which is Sam Buafo's favorite, number eight, creativity, which is my favorite, number nine, critical thinking, which is my favorite, and then ten, complex problem problem solving, That's also which is favorite. also my favorite. <laughs> I could guess it. I know, the three of them are like, they're like triplets. Honestly. These are the 10 critical skills. And Hazel started by saying that a number of things inform your development, including the school or the kind of institution you attend. She mentioned your upbringing, the kind of environment that you are raised in and the impact it has on you. She mentioned the books and the knowledge that you acquire uh, discretionally al- along the way. She mentioned mentors and developmental people who invest in your life. Those are the four that she mentioned. And then some Buafu mentioned additional qualifications that you may decide to strategically acquire because you know you will need them later. Then he mentioned number six, internships and attachments that you voluntarily will take on to add value to yourself. And then he mentioned number seven, um, number eight, skill development, which he said is very critical. And then number nine, joining student groups and associations that allow you to develop your 
leadership skills, organizational and event management skills. And then number 10, he talked about the fact that job hunting itself is a skill. You need yeah. to know how, how to hunt for jobs. If you are listening to that, I'm sure you have found something that you can see is giving you an advantage over the competition. Yeah. Um, Hazel, somebody's listening tonight and saying, wow, if I had heard this five years earlier, I would have made different choices. As it stands now, I'm still unemployed and I'm a, a bit scared of the prospect um, The prospect three years from now. I mean, if you drove on the Ligon um, UPSC road last week when they were having multiple graduations mm. and you are unemployed, you will feel as if the case is getting even worse because for everyone wearing an anakapi, it is extra competition for yeah. you at a time when even, <laughs> you even can't find a job to do. Is it a hopeless situation, Hazel? Not entirely. Um, we live in a community where entrepreneurship is being promoted a lot as well. So entrepreneurial thinking is very critical in our country today because that's what is going to catapult Ghana to be a more uh, middle-income earning country. So whilst we have graduates being churned out of these universities and we're talking about extra skills, extra courses being done, these are very relevant. But the question I have for myself and young people is how do I also get to work for myself? It was interesting today when I had a chat with a young lady who is in a corporate job working for somebody else has a best friend who works for herself they both finish school at the same time and my question to her was how come your friend is working for herself and you are working for somebody else is it just while away the time or she actually wants to work for somebody else she says no she will never work for anybody else i said why she says because she's comfortable in her space and she's making leaps in what she's doing and what is she doing she sells shea butter and she makes soap for sale this is a graduate what am i saying I'm saying that sometimes graduates underplay certain important contributions they can make to society and also build jobs for themselves and build empires in terms of industry. If you look at the world's biggest um, inventions, Facebook is one, Google is one, and many others. These were developed by undergraduates in school. So how do our undergrads think, innovate, create, and bring about solutions? So it's great to be in school. It helps you to think differently and broaden your horizon. But how about enhancing your entrepreneurial mindset to just say that what can I identify in my environment that I'm skilled or that I have a passion for that I can leverage on to create a job for myself and employ others. So I admire this young lady a lot because she's actually doing share butter and supplying to big institutions in Ghana, including very big hotels in Ghana. Am I allowed to ask her name? So I play a song for her. <laughs> But while you think about it, I'll tell you, uh, if, if you wouldn't tell me her name, I'll, I know she's listening tonight, I'll give her a scripture. Mm. And it's from Proverbs 14, verse 23. And for anyone out there daring to live out a dream, daring to try to build a business right from school, and, 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 and struggling to pick up the pieces like, like many startups do before they find their level, let me tell you why you must be comfortable that you are on track Proverbs 14, 23 says, In all labor, there is profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. I think that the big thing for, for everyone stepping out to do something for themselves is the, the beautiful point Hazel makes that it, it is, there is no shame in selling sheer butter. There is no shame in doing retail. There is no shame in developing an innovation and starting from scratch to do it little by little until it grows. It is something that we must say over and over and over again so that nobody sounds apologetic about doing their own business. Believe me, some of the most 
the, the big companies that you mentioned today, if you read the autobiographies of the, the founders, they will tell you their parents called them and advised them to think seriously about their futures. And yet today they are global icons and multi-billionaires. In all labor, there is profit, but mere talk only leads to poverty. My guests for tonight on this very insightful discussion on Springboard, your virtual university, Sam Boafu, head of HR at Carl Bank, and Dr. Hazel Berard Amwa, she's the head of HR at Old Mutual. They're helping me to understand our, our relevance in the year 2020 and beyond based on dynamics in the human resource space. Let me make my dedications as I promised to do earlier and let me once again play the song by Joe Metal turning around and I'll dedicate it to Ace Ankuma, my brother uh, my brother for several years. I've known him for the past 44 years. That guy is incredible. Incredible. And to his wife, lovely wife Josephine and to the family. Also to Mrs. Ajua Brakun and your husband, Dr. Fred Brakun. And then Sheila Minka Premo, the managing consultant of Apex Law Consult. Enjoy the song by Joe Metal, and the song is turning around. When we come back, I'm going to open the phone lines. If you are a graduate and you say, Listen, I need counsel from these two experts, I really need answers about what to do, or you are in the mid career and you feel that Charlie, when you get to work these days and you see the young people come out, coming out of university they have so much advantage and you are w- wondering whether uh, in a couple of years your employer will call you and start a discussion that you don't like call into the show let's talk and let's find out how we can help you to increase your relevance in the next three years it's not too late you have the three years it's a deadline let's work towards 2020 when i come back that will be the discussion please don't go away Romans 8 28 says that all things will work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Listen, whatever you go will do is working for you. Don't give up. Listen. If a man be in Christ, he is a new creation.
right, so the song Turning Around is a song I dedicate also to Tutua of Ahoy. Tutua Ahoy is the young lady that Hazel mentioned earlier, doing great things with a brand called Nokwari. I love the name Nokwari. That means truth. All right, so she had, she, has a, uh, 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 she did business in the University of Ghana and the Masters in International Business. And she's promoting her own brand called Nokwari Tutua. I look forward to meeting you and having you on this show to talk about the challenges of being a startup. This is an open book invitation. I'll bring you to this, this, this show to talk to other young people about starting a business and braving the challenges. So Tutua, enjoy the song. And Hazel is saying great things about you and your commitment to building the brand called Nokwari. Right. Good evening to Isaac Mirakul watching us on Facebook from Dubai. And then also to Michael Ekings saying that, uh, uh, right, on Facebook, Frank Kweku Entry saying that I agree with everything. Hey, please, <laughs> we'll take your time. All right. Um, Precious um, is saying that Springboard has shaped my life all this well, and I am grateful. So tonight, you're trying to break down the, the the World Economic Forum report and find out how the job seeker listening can enhance their competence and capabilities and relevance in the year 2020 um, 20 and beyond. Um, and th- th- that's what we are talking about tonight. And my guests, Sam Boafu and Hazel Beradamo, are trying to help me understand um, the dynamics of human resource requirements and issues going forward. Next week will be that big show I've been talking about for months. I've talked about this show for a while. We'll do a show next week that you want to call your friend's friend's friend not to miss. Which kinds of careers will evaporate in the next few years? Some time ago, I remember very well Pastor Otabel spoke in a gathering and said a certain kind of job will no longer be there again in the next few years. When he finished speaking, somebody said the person was depressed after hearing that statement, but it came to pass. So tonight, next week when you listen, don't be depressed. Do something about your case so that you will be relevant going forward. Having said that, next week, Join us on the virtual university. Which kinds of careers are on the rise and which kinds are gradually becoming extinct? It's going to be a very tough discussion, but very, very beneficial because, again, it will give you a chance to make yourself relevant going forward. And my guests for tonight are definitely going to be back. While we are at it tonight, apart from graduates who have been given tools to enter the job market. Let's speak to those who are already in it, trying to move to the level, but facing competition from from techie young guys who have gone to school to learn stuff and are, are, are familiar with technology, familiar with new ways of doing things, who, are, who feel threatened, genuinely so. <laughs> and asking themselves, now you are coming to add this report to compound my case. Hazel, speak to this. That's an interesting one. Um, clearly, when you have the kind of situation you have in technology today, there is a clear advantage if you have technology as a know-how, expertise in technology. And I mean all kinds of softwares to enhance your work. In my discussion on education, the, 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 the panelists were saying that technology is no longer a subject. It's an enabler to do your work. 
So yeah. let's stop seeing IT as a subject you learn in school and see it more as a tool you use for HR, for education, for whatever you do. Uh, so, so you are just confirming the point about technology exactly. being an enabler, right? So exactly. continue. In most companies today, we have ERP systems, enterprise um, planning systems, resource planning systems like SAP, like um, um, that's when I come to mind, SAP that we use to work. Without having some of these enterprise systems in place, you realize that most organizations are also using softwares of all different kinds to really enhance work. In other words, if you're a paper and pen person running on a manual system every time, you will not succeed. So regardless of the skills you may have on the job that you've acquired over a period or your academic qualification, if you are not techy enough, you will struggle. Reports are done using these enterprise systems. Everything is done using softwares. All information or data is keyed into these softwares and reports are generated from these softwares. So if you still want to live by the pen and the paper or the pencil and the book to say that that's my style, that's how I was trained, you will struggle. All right. So we have Oracle. That's what I was trying to remember. Oracle and SAP are typical ones that most companies run on. So we'd find that even in Ghana today, we have a lot of people developing all kinds of softwares that banks have to run on. Insurance companies have to run on people management softwares and all kinds of softwares because that is the era that we are in today. Without softwares and without having the technology to really, you know, back your business, you are slow. You have errors. You have duplication of efforts. You have gaps, and nothing really seems to work. And more cost. And more cost, of course. Eventually, cost in terms of time and everything else. So, and of course, more hands to hire. So, whilst you're looking at um, creating competition in a healthy way in the workplace. You want to encourage people who are already in the system who are not as techy as the new ones coming up to really upgrade themselves. That's a subject to be discuss- discussing in more detail next week. But let me come to you, Sam, before I open the phone lines. Um, Sam, for somebody listening tonight and seeing, it's not my fault that at the time I went to University of Ghana, the sociology lecturer taught me with notes that were 25 years old. Mm-hmm. The, the reality is that things are changing very fast these days. And when I wake up and I'm going to work, I'm not sure that my job, I'll still have my job by the 1st of January 2018. What do you say to someone like that? Thankfully, you, 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 with your sociology background, you succeeded in getting a job. That, that, that means that there is still hope for you. Now, <laughs> every organization that you have definitely have opportunities for people to develop other skills or what we call cross-functional skills. It's interesting that you have people who are quantity surveyors, people who are even daughters acquiring additional qualification in the area of law, accountancy and all that. Why? Because they recognize that it is not all just sitting there evaluating patients and making prescriptions. There are legal issues involved in the area that they practice. And so even at that level, they are adding additional qualification. You know, it is basically come to the point that realize the environment that you are in now. Realize the times that you are in now. Realize the skills and competencies required to even keep the job that you have and also accept the fact that if you do not do not understand the season and times and add additional value to yourself just as we talk about you find other ambitious people creeping up to you 
overtaking you and eventually pushing you aside. It's no longer necessary to say, this is what I am comfortable with. Guess what? There are people who will do what you, t- what you take three days, four days to do, who can do it in 50 seconds. And in the workplace and the demanding schedules, are most line managers are going to pay more attention to such people. We are in the area of mergers and acquisitions and all that. You become a prime candidate for 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 uh, redundancy uh, if you continue with that kind of orientation. Some have made the even worse. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, right, uh, Rev, it's about innovating. If you if you don't innovate, here. as we were talking about, there was one profession that uh, occupation that came to my mind, and, and it will bring up the picture very clearly. Growing up, you find people by the roadside who were doing art and science. Oh no, writing on, I mean, drawing images on plywood and all that. <laughs> Most of them, all that they knew was how to write those signboards. Now, guess what? Comes technology. And now the, I, can, I can actually get my own image printed shorter time than have you sit, draw some caricature to represent me and charge me for it. Right. For those people who did not uh, take advantage to acquire that digital skill so they remain in business, where are they now? It's going to get very interesting next week when you begin to break these things down. Exactly. And we're going to go back in time and show some that were there before that are no longer there. Yeah. And then some that are there today that look very comfortable that will no longer uh, exactly. be there next week. So let's warm up. Let's open the phone lines now. If you want help on these issues we are discussing, these are heavy-duty issues. For a Sunday evening, we are talking about life and, and, and making yourself relevant going forward. The number to call, 030-221-6541. If you want to make a contribution, go ahead. We are talking about career relevance in the year 2020 and beyond. If you also have questions, you need guidance, you are saying, listen, I really need help about what to do next. 030-221-6541. Please don't call and ask for a job. If you need direction about... <laughs> don't say, with two HR managers, please, one of them should employ me. Don't do that. 030 is the number to call. Um, if you need questions answered about how to stay relevant or if you need guidance about how to be ahead of the competition. And just to bring some clarity to the points that we've been garnering so far, we found out that, yes, the the school that you attend is important, your upbringing is important, but you yourself too can add books to be sure that you are learning and reading extra material, find mentors and coaches to add value to yourself. Good evening, George. You are I can see you in your Arsenal shirt. Find extra qualifications that you will need to add value to yourself. And then internship and attachments have been mentioned as critical things that you want to make sure you are adding. And then skill development. As you go on, add skills that will help you become more relevant. And talking about skills, you can join student groups to be able to polish your leadership, organizational, event management, and other skills. And then understand how to find a job. That's another thing that we talked about. And two more things have been added. Be be technologically savvy. And then very importantly, cross-functional skills. Don't say I'm a lawyer. Add on something else and add on something else and make yourself multifunctional. Kumi in Accra, you are on the line. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening, sir. Good evening. Um, um, this is my first time actually calling to the show. Because uh, uh, what what is being discussed 
affects me greatly, and I want to make all the inquiries I want. Um, I have. Uh, okay, so straight. Um, God being so good, I've worked hard, and then I have. I'm actually not um, a degree holder, but I have worked hard, and I've gotten all the promotions there is, like from from my rank, all the promotions that even a degree holder would get. I've worked hard, and God being on my side, I've gotten to that level. And now, I am thinking of um, going back to get the degree, finally. And um, I really don't know how... I'm thinking about the number of years it's going to take for me to now get the degree. And then... Um, I'm actually going, I'm in a dilemma right now. I don't know what to do. Well, Kumi, th- these are the kind of questions that we love on the show. So my guests are smiling. That means they have answers for you. Let me take a couple more calls and then we'll answer your question. Hello, right. good evening. Okay. 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 All right. So, um, Sam, why are you smiling so much at Kumi? Is it, is it because he's speaking to an issue that is so dear to your heart? Well, I just love the, the, the question. The question. Yeah. And, right. and Ho- hold on, hold on. Let me take one more at least so we can have two questions on board. Hello, good evening. All right. Let's speak to Kumi's question then. Right. So the question amuses you. Yeah. Right. And, and it's important. I mean, I'm happy that he was able to speak out because clearly from his angle, you can tell that he, he, like he said, he's in a dilemma. Right. Kumi, you are not alone. There are people who even at this point don't have a degree and, and have also contemplated similar. But for, fortunately for you, I didn't ask his background. I mean, if you have a diploma, there are universities that offer a two-year bridge a program that allows you to have a degree in two years instead of starting from level 100 for four years. You know, so there are opportunities for you. There are online degree programs where you can continue to do the jobs that mm. you do, mm. but spend time, an extra time in the evening or weekends to take up some you have to sit in a, uh, an online, you know, tutoring facilities. Take project assignment, continue with your work and get a degree. People have done that even with uh, an MBA without having to stop work or go into any classroom for those additional qualifications. Right. Um, Hazel, would you say that in spite of the promotions that he has, he should still do the course and try and add um, um, a, a, a degree as it were to, his, his, to himself? To be honest, I was thinking about where he works in terms of the industry and the regulations in the industry. Um... There was a time in history where if you had a first degree, you would straight go into management. If you had a diploma, you could start work. If you had even standard four certificate or A-level or O-level, you could start working there and then rise to the ranks. Given evolution and time, depending on the industry and his age and what position is occupying, it may not be necessary. However, it is a common um, fact also that in most formal um, types of work, if you have formal education and a higher level of it, it gives you an advantage. So it's possible that he may be fine now, but he may not be fine in the Exactly. Days. When it comes to a certain experience, a certain leadership thinking at some point, it could have a, it could be a factor. Typically, um, Sam mentioned online programs and the fact that with a diploma, he can actually have a top-up and do it. Right. Some schools even allow you to have a master's if you work for about 10 years. So, Kumi, if you have worked for 10 years already with a diploma, you can apply for an online school 
accredited internationally, and then have a straight master's degree from there, which actually even positions you higher than most graduates who just have a first degree. One thing is certain. If there is a regulated industry, it will come back to hurt you. And yeah. by the time it comes back, it will be too late to do it fast. Yeah. So start now. Three years, it will come. It will soon come. So thankfully, you have been promoted and you are doing well. So add it as a, a bonus for yourself and make that your 2018 resolution. Stephen from Mangasim, good evening. Yes, good evening, Reverend. Your question or contribution, please. My contribution is simple. Um, Self-education is key in acquiring some of these skills. And if you look through the educational system, it seems it's deficient of these skills. So if you want to depend on the normal educational system to get some of these skills, it's, it's very difficult. So reading, 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 that's the key moving forward. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Stephen. And make a date with us next week for that very big show that we'll be having uh, it to be called Professional Extinction. It's going to be very, very intense as we look at where, from whence cometh my help? Are we coming or are we going? Kujo from who you are, our last caller. Good evening. Good evening. Um, uh, I just want to tell you that um, we need the link again so that we can go back and assimilate the, the, the topic again, on, on the topic again. So if you can give us the link again, the graphic one and then the Facebook one, I'll be happy. Amen. Kujo from Ho. And good evening to you, Kofi Ansa. Kofi Ansa, good evening to you. Kujo from Ho is looking for you. When he finds you, he will tell you something. <laughs> but while we are at it, let me um, take a couple of messages from Facebook. And then and, and, and Kujo, the place to go on Facebook, Albert N.E. Okran. And that's where to go on Facebook. You will find this discussion there as well as all others that we have had. You can also go to the podcast. Just go to any podcast service and look for Springboard Zone. You will find previous editions as well as the current edition in audio, and you can listen to it. Um, Amma Sechre says, well done. Um, Albert Oting says, even ministries are experiencing this great shift. Um, Betty Ajay says, well done, Doc. Um, they're referring to uh, Hazel, I presume. Um, Akins, Michaels, uh, oh, Akins again, Great show. Um, sit your faces. Keep the good work up. Watching via Facebook from Denu. Denu is not far from Ho, so you are a friend of Kujo, maybe. All right. So next week, let's talk about professionally extinct and find out what it is that you can do if your job is about to be taken away from you. Let me take the final words from Sam Buafo and then also from Hazel Amwa. And next week, they have promised to come back. And when they come back next week, we'll talk about from whence cometh my help. Sam, your closing thoughts. Well, great discussion. I mean, the, 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 the report from the World Economic Forum makes interesting reading. I would just encourage all listeners to look for that article, read more, and then look for opportunities to ask critical critical question on each of them. Find ways that it applies to them. Find ways that they can develop and enhance those skills if they have them. Right. Because that's like a prophet talking to you. Right. Change or you die. Right. Change or die is a word from Sam for Hazel. It used to be course outline, course outline, pass your exams. Now they are saying World Economic Forum. Things have changed, haven't they? They have. Talk to us to close. I'd also say to the undergrads in school that when you have workshops being run mostly for free on these topics, please attend them. Some give certificates, so you get to learn free of charge in school to enhance yourself. And also, to buttress the point about having internships and to have um, 
vacation jobs, please, by all means, look for them. There are companies who have these intentions as part of their corporate social responsibility to help develop the young talent in the companies, in the country. So I would encourage undergrads to really hunt for these internship opportunities across industry to hone their skills better, learn from others who are already in the, in the, in the business, and then, you know, become better graduates when they come from school. My name is Albert Okran, and on behalf of Comfort Matthew, his lovely wife Priscilla, and also of Amos. God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus two three three two four nine 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 zero zero zero. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Oh, 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 oh